what's going to be? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know this. This is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast. The podcast inspiring young rock and metal fans to discover new music and feeling their desire to connect and feel accepted. Welcome to the show, everybody. When I say we're already one-third through 2023, I mean it with this episode because this is our last episode of April 2023. And do you think we're going to disappoint you? Hell no. We talk about merch. We talk about good music, and we talk about how tough it is to tour as of late and getting a deeper understanding of that in what is likely a quick 45-minute episode with one hell of a great band. But before we jump into that, I want to thank sponsorship for this podcast, which comes from Phoenix Fitness. So you guys know what are my favorite things to do in the world. One, record these podcasts and talk to these artists. Two, jump into mosh pits. And not want to get out of them because that's one of my favorite things to do. So what do I do when I go to shows? I want to be able to mosh from the beginning of the first band to the end of the headliner and not stop in between. There are no breaks in this dojo. So how do I do that and say what I like to call mosh pit fit? So what I like to do is I go to the gym a lot. I am there pretty much six days a week lifting, doing a lot of cardio to make sure that I can take the hits, deliver the hits. And be able to last that whole entire time endurance-wise. And that last day, still go to the gym, do a nice little, you know, relaxation in the sauna. Good cleanse, honestly. But in order to make sure I can stay mosh pit fit, I also make sure I'm preparing and recovering right for my body to make sure I can continue to do this on a day-in and day-out basis. So that's where Phoenix Fitness comes in because they have, I said nay cuz. Because they have many different supplements to help you achieve your fitness goals and you can get mosh pit fit. They've types of pre-workout, both stim and stim-free. I use their stim-free stuff because, guys, you know how much energy I have in these podcasts. This is my energy always. I don't need any more. Different types of BCAA recovery compounds that help you absorb the nutrients into your muscles after a workout. Different types of creatine help you build muscle. Different types of protein help you build muscle post-workout. Plant-based protein, collagen-based protein, and whey-based protein. I use their whey-based chocolate malt flavor because that's what I like. Different types of multivitamins and literally anything you might need to achieve your fitness goals, Phoenix Fitness has for you. So come get Mosh Pit Fit with us and use the code CPP20 at FNXFit.com to get 20% off your entire order. The link description of the podcast. Come and get Mosh Pit Fit with us. Ooh, yeah. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Now to our feature presentation. So you've probably heard him on Octane. You're probably hearing him on Octane right now. It's Silent Theory. Mitch from the band is on the podcast today. <gasps> Are you ready? Let's go! Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast, another, another big, big thank you to Mr. Joe Alfano. He's brought us so many incredible bands, connected us with so many incredible bands. I mean, you guys have had heard King Claps in the podcast. You've heard of Void in the podcast. Um, there's, there's so many other ones that they're already escaped by above snakes. Another one. And we got another great one for you today. They're mixed between hard rock with a metal flair. I mean, it's definitely something for you to sink your teeth into their most recent single agony has been making waves on Sirius XM octane. So you're probably thinking I should go check this out if I haven't, which you should, but after this podcast. So please, please welcome Mitch from the band Silent Theory to the podcast. So Mitch, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate you having me today. I appreciate having you on today, sir. How has everything been going in your world as of late? I mean, we're already pretty much in the thick of 2023 and it seems like you guys are having a pretty good year so far with the band. Yeah, it's things are going really well. It's flying by though. I mean, holy smokes, we're almost to April already and I 
it's crazy how fast it's going, but things have been really good. Uh, we've got a slew of releases that we recorded uh, last year. We used some downtime to while we weren't on the road to make sure we were in the studio. So um, Agony was actually the first of four total that mm -hmm. we're releasing. Um, and so gearing up now for the next single, which is called What Are the Odds?, uh to be released april 14th so that is coming up super quick too what are the odds that that's coming up real quick i don't know i had to put that in there because it just sounded right it works it absolutely works so with these with these releases that you have you know agony what are the odds and the other two that you just mentioned is the plan to release these of course throughout the course of the year and with what we saw with agony we saw what happened with octane with octane picking it up I mean, if you're releasing four throughout the year and it's kind of like if you space them out right, then when it comes to having Silent Theory be in the ears of people, specifically that Octane crowd, which is, of course, incredibly large, the idea of Silent Theory is going to be in people's minds as we go through the whole entire year. Is that the point? Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, I mean, for right or wrong, you know, the industry, unless you're at a super big level, um, albums are really hard to release for, you know, mid-level bands and, and the way the industry has gone um, really pushes for singles. And I know like a lot of people aren't huge fans. Actually me personally, I'm a nineties kid. So like, I'm also all about the albums, but I get like with the distribution as it is today and all the streaming, it's all based on just content all the time with singles. And so that's what we were planning on doing as well. So we're right now we we are we basically release our radio single about four weeks later. We'll release an acoustic version of that. About two to four weeks later, we'll release the next single. So about every two months or so, we're releasing a new radio single, and and that'll probably happen throughout the rest of the year. Like I said, we've got um, we've got three more that we're releasing, but um, we're already talking about getting back in studio this summer and just getting more stuff out, so. And when it comes down to it, that's one thing I've had a lot of conversation about when it comes to the album versus single thing. And many people I've talked to on this podcast, including myself, I do like the albums a little bit more. It's a, there's a little bit more of this anticipation behind it. And when you get that album, especially if it's a band you really like, you're more invested in it. You really want to take a listen to it. You really want to get the full feel of it, which is why I think, you know, especially back when people were continually buying music in a physical medium as a primary source, vinyl, A-track, cassette tape, CD, even like when I was growing up too, I mean, that's when the MP3s were definitely more predominant, but you still had to buy that music. So you were invested in it. You wanted to listen. You want to make sure that it was good. And even if it wasn't the, like, you know, the best, it's, you know, some of those songs you maybe picked up something from that you weren't going to, if you just were so single driven where, oh, I didn't like it on the first try. I'll wait for them to release the next, the next one or didn't like it in the first 10 seconds. I'm going to go somewhere else. And I understand where you're coming from too, where it sucks that, you know, you probably have to go a different way given the way that, you know, music culture is gone, the way that the economy is gone, the way that everyone is consuming music. But if you don't do that, then it seems like at, unless you're at that gigantic level, you kind of fall by the wayside because you're not as let's say necessarily relevant or just not like there in the scene anymore in the algorithms on those playlists anywhere. Yeah, that, no, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, we, even internally we're, we're kind of split because, um, before we released Hunter be hunted, uh, in 21, we were planning on just doing the singles as well. Um, but I'm a nineties kid. <laughs> 
Um, we have a couple of the other members that are 90s kids as well. So we were like, no, nothing was better than going to like Sam Goody, right? Or wherever and finding the CD and finding the hidden gem on the CD, right? Like, mm -hmm. okay, you bought it because it had that radio single, but then like track nine, you're like, what is this? This is the coolest song on the album. And I never would have discovered that if it was all singles. So, so we were definitely split down the middle on doing it. The other guys were like, you know, like I had mentioned with the, with how releases kind of happen at our level, we need to just do singles. And it's funny because after a lot of back and forth, uh, my side finally won and I, we ended up doing Hunter Be Hunted. And what's, what's really funny about it is, uh, you know, a lot of our fans will be like, Hey, you know, the single's great. When's the next, uh, when's the album coming? Single's great. When's the album coming? Awesome. When's the album coming? So I was like, okay, there's this huge demand for a silent theory album. Let's give them what they want. So we, we, we crank it out in the studio. We get Hunter Be Hunted created. We get it out there and it probably wasn't out. I don't know, three weeks before people were like, this is awesome. When's the next stuff coming out? And I was like, <laughs> we just gave you an entire album, but that just shows to your point about how quickly you need to stay in the mm -hmm. minds of, of like your listeners and with everything that happens so quickly. Right. Um, it's always just kind of constant motion and moving forward. And so, uh, yeah, the, the guys were not real thrilled uh, with me that I convinced them on the album. Um, but we decided after that point, yeah, let's just at least for the time being, let's let's do the singles. Um, and then once we have enough, we'll probably put them together with some new songs on some type of an, an album. I don't know, but we're we're a ways away from that right now. So so singles, singles as of right now, but it does, it does pain me. I love, I still believe in the albums. I still think CDs are the best sounding of any, anything out there. I really do. And I would argue that with anybody. See, I could, I would argue with that with you as well, because when it comes to the best sounding for myself, it, where I'm going, coming from nothing beats, you know, sitting like literally on my couch, which is right over there. Just turn on my speakers, having a vinyl playing on this bad boy right here, and just blasting it to all hell. Does my landlord get pissed at me at times? Yes, but it happens. So it. there's always that little bit of that differentiation there. But when it comes down to it, I, you and I are in that same boat where we love that physical medium. We love to invest in the music and really get a feel for it because, you know, there's times where I've listened to albums and I found that hidden gem on the record where it's like, oh my God, like I'll never forget when... Bring Me the Horizon in 2020 was releasing the post-human survival horror EP and they had the four singles out for it. And then I listened through the whole EP and then you had the itch of the cure and then Kingslayer featuring baby metal, which was how is this gonna work? And it was one of the it was my one of my favorite tracks yeah. of the whole entire year. It blew my freaking mind. But yeah. if but when it comes to the single-driven side, I can again that's where everything's going. And when it came to releasing Hunter Be Hunted, yeah, it, it you got you saw what, what what happened with it. You saw that. When it was released, you know, people are still like, this is awesome. This is great. And in three weeks, when's the next one? If you hadn't had done that and you would continue down with like, you know, the single style, may, would the, could the band be a little bit more popular than it is right now? Will have a larger fan base? Possibly. I'm not going to make the prediction on it, but possibly could have happened. However, you still would have had that itch and that want to release a full album going forward. One of the things I've been seeing lately too is with certain bands is they have an album and they're going to release it, but it's like a release schedule of like eight or nine months. And it's like a 12 song album. And then every month is a single. And then that last right. month you get like the last three, but it's, you feel like you already had yep. the whole album. What, like on that kind of aspect, would you think about potentially doing something like that? 
that is what we're talking about doing yeah so with the releases we've had so like so far so good agony the other three that are coming and then whatever we write and record and release after that uh we'll eventually put them on some type of of like a you know a hard copy um with some new tracks as well so uh i don't know when it kind of just depends on how we get how and when we get stuff out but i think that's the ultimate goal what's really interesting is even though like most like vehicles don't have cd players anymore computers don't have cd players anymore we still have hard copy cds at our merch store and that is what we sell by far the most of at our shows um and i i think it's because it's one of the cheaper options and it's easy to sign so it's mm -hmm. not you're not buying it because you're going to put it in and listen to it you're buying it because you know the band signed it or whatever so it was interesting we were in talks with uh with a label a couple of years ago and we were talking about merchandising and uh i had brought up you know well we we will still have cds because they're our biggest seller at shows and the label was like no that's dead you absolutely won't do that and i was like okay well i see where this is going so <laughs> and we, we ended up not signing it but yeah it's i don't know it's still we still sell a ton of them which is nice See, now I'm thinking about this, and that actually makes a lot of sense, the point you brought up when it comes to signing something. Because yeah. when it comes to signing something, you know, you can have a t-shirt, you can have a picture or something, but it just doesn't have the same weight as when the whole band is signing a physical copy of the music that they created. I mean, right. what's gonna, I mean, in the end, what's going to mean the most people and what's going to end up being worth the most amount of money is that signed copy of the music. And you can do it in either, you know, cassette format I've seen done. I've seen it mostly done in CD format and I've seen it done in vinyl format. And the difference why I can see why CDs would be the most popular for that is one, no one's really getting a cassette at all. And it's right. kind of, and you have a smaller base to really sign it on. Two, when it comes to the vinyl, that's cool. That's great. But if you're buying it at a show, you're not going to want to buy it until the end of the show based on its size. And by the time the end of the show comes, that might be gone. And you only have a limited amount because of how much it takes to produce those. And the time it takes to produce those based on how backed up vinyl production is. Thirdly, right. when it comes to the CD, again, it's not as big. You can sign on it. The album artwork is there legibly in the square format. And you have the physical copy of it right then and there. Plus, if the case somewhat cracks, you can always take out the actual physical, you know, the booklet that's probably the thing that's signed or the CD that's signed, put it in a new case and it's brand new. It's, it's, it's yep. everything's there and the worth hasn't gone down. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, as a, like, as a music fan, when I was growing up and, and being a memorabilia collector and whatnot, I, you know, I, I never wanted like my shirts or anything signed because I wanted to wear the shirts. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I've seen some people like they'll come to our shows and they'll have their shirts and they're signed, but you, they've worn them so many times that like the the um, signatures are starting to like wash out or fade or whatever. And so like I've, I've got like one or two shirts signed from years ago and it just it ended up just sitting because I didn't want to wear it. So mm -hmm. like me personally, I like the like the tangible things like a CD or like a like a postcard or a picture or something um to be signed as opposed to like clothing so that I could wear mm -hmm. it but no to your point it's easy it's small if you buy it at the beginning of the show you know you can throw it in a purse you can you know you're not walking around with this huge vinyl that could get broken depending on yeah you know, what show you're at so <laughs> Yeah, because I've seen that happen too, where I've seen people buy vinyls or buy, like, you know, mostly buy vinyls, and all of a sudden they're standing in the middle of the crowd and it's someone heavy. 
Band goes on, all of a sudden we open up that pit, and if you have that vinyl in your hand, you need to get out of there as soon as possible. Not saying leave the show, but get out of the pit area as soon as possible so you don't damage just what you brought in there. If you have a CD, again, the likelihood that it's gonna get damaged is a little bit less, but on top of that, it's smaller, so it's more compact, so you can put it more places, and it's something that, you know, if the outside gets cracked, you can, like the actual physical piece of it is likely not to, so you can always just replace that casing of it, and you're gonna have more of those CDs because they're easier to produce, they're easier to sign, so it's more likely the band's gonna have those signed at the merch table later than it is the vinyl. Exactly. There's the whole piece to it, and I just kind of, because I always wonder why bands still have a lot of CDs at their merch tables, or the ones that still do, but that point just makes so much more sense beyond it, and there's so many people that want that signed memorabilia, and that's the most important piece, especially with an album that they absolutely love. It makes it a lot more of a deeper connection to them than like a signed picture, which is also, or a poster or postcard, yeah. which also works, but it's just not the same. Right, exactly. And that's the, like I said, the only reason we even have it is just because people buy them and they want them signed. I don't think anybody's really buying them to go throw them in their car. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. Because everyone's either, you know, they've, they've got the whole entire dashboard computer now where right. Bluetooth connects and there's playing Spotify. Myself, though, I'm still driving a car from 2006. So I've got that FM transmitter just stuck in the side. Got a little Bluetooth thing in there. So all of a sudden it's, oh, what are you listening to? Whatever I feel like. <laughs> yep. So when it comes down to some of the live shows that you guys have played is I, cause I was trying to find out some of the live shows from you guys, trying to find out some things about what those live shows are like. And Really was having some trouble finding out this stuff. And I always like to, you know, hear about these live shows from the bands I get to interview due to the fact that I love going to concerts. I'm a concert junkie. So what are some of the live shows that Silent Theory has put on? What are they like? Because I've got the itch, man. I've got the itch to go see a live yeah. show. No, I appreciate that. And, you know, one thing that probably needs to be stated is you'll notice there are not a lot of shows. We don't have anything booked as of right now for 23 we, we had one small tour in uh, 22, actually with Kingdom Collapse. You mentioned them mm -hmm. earlier. Um, and, and the reason being is we are just really, we're really picky about the shows and the tours that we do. And I know that sounds kind of pompous and I'm not meaning it mm -hmm. to, but, um, you know, it's super expensive to tour, like super expensive to tour. And especially with like the diesel prices and stuff going up that are filling up our bus you know, the, the shows, they're not typically paying more in guarantees. So you're paying more to get to these venues, but they're not paying you more to be there. And I'm sure you've seen, it's been all over my, my feeds. I'm sure you've seen it too, where a lot of bands are boycotting certain venues because, you know, they're also taking a pretty giant chunk of merch sales. Oh yeah. Um, so, so it's just really hard to tour. And so we, you know, we're, as we've we've been there and we've done that where we we were on the road to be on the road like 10 years ago when we released our first album over 10 years ago you know we were on the road for like three months and you know it was fine we were younger but like as we've gotten older it's like you know we're, we've gotten a little more cranky a little more tired <laughs> we're all married so it's like if we're gonna do it it's got to be worth it right and so you know, we've had a few tour opportunities come our way in the last couple of years. And, we, you know, for whatever reason, we, you know, we've ended up turning them down. Um, that being said, live shows are the reason, like, I even got into it, right? I, I didn't really want to be a content creator. I wanted to be a drummer in a band performing in front of people. And so while it's been nice that we've gotten new stuff out, like, I've totally got the itch to, like, go out and play somewhere. 
Um, but that that's why you haven't seen very much is because we were pretty selective. Um, the shows we do have, though, you know, we try to give it our all. Um, and I know I know every band says that, but, um, you know, I, I feel like at least from the comments that we've received, you know, people really seem to resonate resonate with our you know with our like dakota's lyrics and whatnot and and a lot of them it's got some really deep meaning for them right whatever they've got going on in their life whatever lyric it may be that touches them um you know that's one of the best parts of being in the band so if they if they're coming they're paying money they're taking time out of the schedule whatever to come see us our goal is to just give you the best show that we can give you and not be sloppy um we recently just purchased a ten thousand dollar light rig it's beautiful it's all it's awesome it's 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 never gone out because we haven't played any shows since we've had it so we have our (laughs) practice space set up with this gorgeous light setup we've got a program we'll literally go in and like mess with them be like this would be really cool in a venue you know but it's sitting so when we do get back on the road you'll at least get a nice little light show going on but you know it's i don't know it's our goal is to be as polished as we can provide as much energy as we can be as fun as we can on stage. You know, we're goofy guys. Just it's, it's interesting. Like our music is so serious, but we are the five like (laughs) dorkiest guys ever. I mean, you'd never guess the five of us are creating the music that we're putting out. Um, And so we try to like show some of that on stage as well. of Just like, you know, laughing across the stage or, you know, not taking ourselves too seriously. And I think the fans really like that. Um, you know, and then one of the other things too, uh, is like, we, we've got a rule. We don't drink before the shows. I don't drink at all, but we don't drink before the shows. Um, because like I said, people are paying a lot of money. They're taking time out of Mm. their, what, you know, their day, whatever to come see you. It's not fair to them. If you've been drinking all day and then you suck live, you think you're awesome but it's total garbage on stage. And then it was kind of a waste for them anyway. So like we've established that rule a number of years ago that like, I don't, we don't really care what happens after, but like before mm-hmm. it's, it's all business. So, so you'll never get like a drunk silent theory up there. And that makes a lot of sense. And a couple of things on that one, when it comes to being more picky about shows, I wouldn't say that's pompous in any sort of way, given the fact that this, you know, you guys have been doing this for 10 plus years. And when it comes to your lives at this point, you know, you all have different responsibilities. Like you said, you're all married. Some of you guys might have kids. So there's always these different pieces of responsibilities in there. And you don't want to just take every single tour and be on the road, you know, six, seven months out of the year and miss out on all that family time. It's something that I have been seeing a little bit more recently come up where it's like okay why are some of these bands i absolutely love not touring as much well these guys are getting older these guys are having families and they want to spend time with them we have to be able to respect that because heck if we were you know as a fan if if you're doing something and all of a sudden it changes your mindset changes because you want to spend more time with your kids and with your family i mean if your friends if your friends might not like that but they do have to respect that fact and understand it when it comes to again the price of these things that is one thing that has been a huge topic in terms of a number of problems that we're seeing with touring. We're seeing multiple bands just, they plan tours 
and then they can't end up fulfilling those tour agreements and have to drop off because they can't get the transportation because they can't because money's not going to be able to be made during these so they're going to play and lose a substantial amount or there's even visa issues where they can't even get to the united states and the merch cut issue too has been a huge thing that's been coming up this year and i'm a glad i'm glad that's been coming up this year because you're the one that's providing the merch. You're the one that's bringing it. You're the one selling it. Why the venue taking a cut? Because they could be doing something else with that space. What would else would you be doing with that space? Put another bar there outside of the other three bars you have already in the venue. You don't need four bars and one for one stage. Three can just suffice you right then and there. So, yeah. And the band's the one that are bringing the people in there. The band's the one that are getting the people to buy the beer. If you're going to take a, some cut of the merch table, give the band some of the bar. I mean, that's only yeah. seems fair to me. That'll, that only yeah. seems fair to me. Yeah, no, it's true. And uh, I remember, I don't, I don't remember where we were. This was a couple of years ago, but uh, we were on the road. I, actually, we I think we, it was in 19. We were on the road with Head PE. And uh, one of the venues, we got our contract and one of the venues wanted a merch cut. And honestly, that was one of the first times we had seen that. And I remember going to our, our manager, like, what, like, what is this? Is this happening? He's like, Oh dude, it, it happens all the time, especially at the big level. Mm-hmm. That That's pretty standard. And I, we were like, this is the stupidest thing. Like, I cannot believe this. So we get to the venue and they're like, Hey, we're going to need your, your quantity, your, you know, your inventory list and your quantities. And I was like, all right. And we brought in eight tubs of stuff. And I said, there it is. Go ahead and count it. <laughs> We did not count it for him. And I know that's so douchey, but I was like, if you're going to take money out of, like, I'm not doing the work for you. Yeah. Go ahead and count our inventory now, and then you can count it again after. We'll do our splits later. They weren't thrilled, but I was like, you're going to work for it too. Yeah. I've, I've heard of bands even like selling merch outside of the venue. It's like, well, they're going to take a merch cut. So we're going to sell outside or not even just sell merch at all. I've seen it. Was it uh movements have been doing stuff like that over in Europe where it's like, yeah, they want to take like a 50% merch cut or something. Hell no. Cause at that point, then you're not even making your money back on, no. <laughs> you're not making your money back on the product. It's like, you're going to end up paying that product to be pushed out for people to buy it. You're, you're, you're not making any money. You're losing money just trying to push it out there. It's such a terrible thing. And I kind of look at it as if the, you know, again, the band's the one that are bringing the fans in. They're the peep. If, if the band wasn't playing there, no one would be going to that venue. And you're the one as a venue, you're getting all the beer. You're the one supplying all that, all the liquor, all that kind of stuff. If you, you can keep that, let the band keep their own stuff. But if you're going to take a piece of the band because, oh, that's our space. Let the band take a piece of the bar. They're the one bringing the people in. Yeah, I wish. I wish that's how it worked. Shoot. It's pretty wild, though. I think you're going to see more and more bands boycotting now. And when you get the when you get at a certain level, like people will have to pay attention, right? If you're if you are a venue that happens to have a bar in it, but you rely solely on live music, and and you have this reputation of, you know, really hurting the bands by taking a you know, a giant chunk of their merch, mm-hmm. they're going to stop going there. And then what's going to happen to the venue? If you're, if your sole purpose is to be live music and nobody's going there, you know, how yeah. are they going to survive? So, yeah. And, and for venues too, it's you, you just went through the whole entire pandemic to the point where you yeah. weren't open. You couldn't have people come in or if you made money in a different way, you know, that was cool. But you, the majority of what you're there for is 
to make money and that making money is you put on those shows and have people come in and spend their money there. And if people are spending money at the merch table and at the bar, you know, if you're trying to take more money from the bands, those bands aren't going to come. We've seen architects bring this up and start talking about a boycott. We've seen bad omens, bring it up a good amount. Movements is bringing it up. I've seen, we came as Romans bring it up. And it makes me personally a little nervous, not because, you know, I like, I like where they're going with this. I like they're standing up for themselves. What makes me nervous. I'm like, are they not going to play shows near me? Am I gonna have to travel more? Well, if I have to, I have to. But yeah, a little nervous, but not nervous because I don't like. A little nervous because it's like uh, this might be a little more inconvenient for me to see these shows. But I would rather have them stand up for themselves than to just do something that's gonna make them lose money just because it's convenient for for me. Right, exactly. And I, you know, you hear, and I feel bad because really, like ultimately, the fans lose out on it as well. But you'll get a lot of complaints of like, you know, well, you should be out on the road for the love of music, you know, like, and I get that. Like, mm-hmm. I I love playing music. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. But you also have to be realistic. Like, mm-hmm. I, I have a family, right? Like, I can't just go on the road, drain our band account, and then come back worse than I left. You know what I mean? Like, we all have families. And so... Mm-hmm. uh yeah, we would love to be out there. And if money wasn't an issue, like we'd probably have no problem, but mm-hmm. you know, it's the, the love of music can only really go so far. You know what I mean? Like it's gotta be somewhat worth your while. And that's why you're seeing a lot of these bands drop out. You know, if they don't, I, for the first time I've seen in a long time, you're seeing like arena level bands, not selling enough tickets and they're canceling those tours. So yeah, I mean, that tells you how high it goes up. Yeah, because I think it was Godsmack canceled their whole entire European run because they said they weren't selling enough tickets and it wasn't making. It was either Europe or South America. Yeah, South America. Yeah, Yeah. and it's and it's you know that's an arena level band. They're playing arenas over here. They're playing massive amphitheaters, and they're struggling with that. And they have to cancel it because if they go forward with it, they're going to be much worse off than they are just not going through with it and having to pay the penalties on that. And like you did say, for the love of music can only take you so far. But for all the fans who are like, oh, you know, just keep doing for love music. Think about this. Think about the thing that you love most in the world and the thing that you want to do. I mean, for, for you, clearly, Mitch, I mean, it's music. For me, it's definitely something with music, you know, talking to people, podcasting, but for other people, it might be something different. If you made that your live, if you made that your lot, your life and your living and you were constantly going to do it, but you kept losing money on it, there's going to come a period of time where you have to be realistic and say, is this worth it? And you know, you can always look back at the good times you had, but if it's not worth it, you might have to be more realistic. I'm, I've been start. I had to confront that uh, I had to confront that myself back in February and I had to say, tell myself, can I still go on with this or can I not? And I decided to take one more giant swing at it. So we'll see what happens. And things are starting to go a little bit better, which is nice. But if you just are doing it for the love of music and you're constantly coming back worse and worse off, there's going to come a point in time where that love's not going to be nearly strong enough. And it has to be understandable because again, you have other responsibilities, not only to your family, but to yourself as well. Right. Exactly. And yeah, it's tough. It's a tough market right now. It, it is a tough market, but in the end, I mean, it's something that I'm glad is still, you know, back compared to where it was three years ago at this point. Because right. three years ago at this point, it was, you know, we're dead in the water with no sign of life at any point in time. Yep. But it there's still a lot of issues that have to be hammered out. And it sucks. It's like, man, you know, I kind of want to go see you guys play live. Again, $10,000, you know, $10,000 light rig that you guys got all set up, ready to go. Looks damn cool. 
And when it comes to getting on the road, you guys are just going to pick and choose the right time to go out, you know, when that comes through. And like I, we talked about your last year, you guys did with Keem Collapse. When I saw that, I was like, uh, why didn't that come near me at a good time? If it yeah. did, like within like three hours, I might have been like, I want to go because I love seeing Keem Collapse, but probably had tickets to another show already. And I was like, I can only yeah. be in one place at one time. It's a struggle, man. It, it, it is. It, it is, is a struggle. Tr- have you guys been getting any like potential tour offers coming up for this year yet? Or is it still just, you know, wait and see at this point? Um, it's kind of wait and see. Um, we did have one opportunity come our way about a month ago, but we had scheduling conflicts, so we, we couldn't make that work. So we're, yeah, it's kind of a wait and see. Um, we're, we're talking about just, it, this doesn't help you at all, but <laughs> talking about, uh, putting together a run from like where we're at down through Colorado and back Mm -hmm. just to get us back on the road. So hit a lot of our home state and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, as far as, as tours in the works, not that I'm aware of, um, we do have some one-off shows that we might be uh, playing at some point in the year that like we would fly to and, you know, play like a Friday or Saturday. We wouldn't be on tour. Those would be special shows, Mm -hmm. but um, still waiting on the confirmations on those. See, I can understand that. And with that run, just to get back out on the road, just to play some shows, I, I totally understand that too. Even if it's just, you know, a couple of spots in the Western part of the United States up through Colorado, I'll still be here in Wisconsin being like, please come over here. waving a little flag. Like, come on guys, we're over here. <laughs> I, I will say, you know, the Midwest is by far our favorite place to tour one, because it's the music scene is still mm-hmm. amazing. Like the the Midwesterners love their rock, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But the second reason we love it is like you you can drive, you know, an hour between two major markets. Mm-hmm. Play one show, drive an hour, and you're playing to a completely different market, which is awesome. Like on the West Coast where we are, like it's it's five hours to Seattle from where we're at. And then from there down to Portland, it's four hours. And then from there, if you're going down to Sacramento, it's like 10 hours. I mean it's that far and so it's hard to uh like tour like that especially if you're driving by the time you get to the venues you're exhausted anyways but like the midwest i think when we were on the road with head pe i think our furthest drive that entire tour was like two and a half hours it was was awesome (laughs) oh that is nuts yeah because i've seen shows and and tours come through where it's yeah they'll bounce to like you know okay we're doing one night in chicago all of a sudden what's it then they come up to see me in milwaukee it's like um you guys literally drove an hour and a half to get here. You guys could have just driven here and like passed out in the like literally in the venue parking lot and you would have been fine. Wake up. Oh, hey, we're already here. And right. then like two hours up to Green Bay and they come back and go to Madison and they go west to Minneapolis and then they start traveling. Or it's like, yeah, you're in Ohio and then you're bouncing a couple places in Indiana. You're just bouncing all over the place and you don't have to drive much. And I do have to agree with you. The scene here is just absolutely fantastic. Like last the night before we recorded this. I was at uh, the venue I was at. We had Steel Panther and Crowbot there on w- on one level. The other level was Marty Fe- uh, Marty Freeman and, Cre- and Queensryche. So it's like, and you walked in there and both venues, both spots were absolutely packed. It's yeah. like, on a Tuesday? Yeah. This yeah, is awesome. awesome. It is. It's awesome. <laughs> and even like for myself as well too, for, you know, even in, your, you know, you're going playing completely different markets, but from the fans perspective, say we want to go see two or three shows on that tour. Yeah, we're gonna have to travel a little bit, but we might have to dri- only drive like an hour one, each way, each way, or an hour and a half each way, 
and then we're good. I mean, I do that all the time going down to Chicago for a show. So if you guys end up going and playing Chicago and I see it, it's going to be like, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get there. I'm going to be a little tired at work the next day. Totally worth it. Yeah. Every time, every time. Yep. And then you said the new song, um, what are the odds comes out on April 14th. So I think by the time this podcast comes out, it will be out there for everyone to be able to nice. listen to. So everyone will be like, hell yeah, we get to listen to it. When the next come in the podcast, will be like, Hey, 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 go and stream it again. Go keep listening to it. Right. Go tell octane, go call Jose and be like, Hey, Jose play this. You like kingdom collapse. Well play this one too, because this is just as good. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. And next thing you know, all of a sudden you guys are going on your own headlining run. Maybe going out, doing a co-headline run with our friends in Keenan Collapse. Then going forward, who the hell knows? All I know is, it's going to be good. Yeah, that, that's the goal. That's certainly the goal. That's the goal, Keeping the energy. Well, Mitch, as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, one thing I'd like to do is give my guest, which is you in this chance, a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug wherever you're going to plug, promote whatever you're promoting at the end of the podcast. So, Mitch, the floor is yours. All right. I, you'd think I would have this polished for <laughs> the amount of times I've had to do this, but it's fairly clunky, but no, I like to use this time. Um, like I had mentioned, April 14th, what are the odds is coming out. Um, there's a video that'll be debuting the night before. So on the 13th, uh, I think we'll do a YouTube live. Um, I don't know the time yet. Stay tuned on that. Um, but the video premiere will happen as well. Um, you can follow us on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, you name it. We're on it. Um, so make sure you're following us there. Uh, we do have um, an online merch store. So um, I mentioned the hard copy CDs. Mm -hmm. If people still want those, we've got those. We can sign those and mail them out. Um, we've got shirts, um, hats, coffee mugs, stuff. We have stuff. Go to our, <laughs> go to our online merch store. Um, if you're interested in buying any merch, helps us out a ton, obviously. And then um, just keep your eyes open on our pages to see if and when we're on the road. I it's been a long time since we've been on the road. We're all itching. I think I think it'll be happening fairly soon. So um just keep your eyes open for that. Hopefully a tour is in the works and we're headed to uh, a city near you. So we're hoping for and I always kind of mess up at some point because I should have this polished shoot because I've been doing this for so long. But now it's time for this podcast with three very specific things. First things first, like Mitch had just said, when it comes to Silent Theory, you know, got brand new music coming out throughout the year. What are the odds will be up by the time this episode releases? So the best way to make sure that you're still in touch when new music releases, when those shows are available and where you can find them, go online. Find them on their socials. Go on YouTube and watch the videos. Go find their website. Go to the merch store. Pick up some merch because there are no mer venue cuts, venue merch cuts on that website. So all the money will go directly to them, which is the right way it should be. And then you can also, you know, keep your eye on. I'm just going to do this. You know, keep your eye on anytime uh, the, the shows are going to be ready to go. And, you know, you're going to want to stream the music. You're going to want to buy it, download all that kind of stuff. So the best way to do that is to go to the description of the podcast down below where it says find silent theory online. There'll be links for all the socials and labels for all of them as well. So pick the one you want the most, click on it. It'll go right there. All I have to do is click follow, share, subscribe, buy, um, any, anything, play stream, anything. Don't say, you know, you, you don't need to know or don't say, Oh, it's too much work. I'm doing all the work for you. This is convenience. Yeah. Convenience. So now it's time for number two. Mitch, never a guest on the podcast. I enjoy the podcast. I tend to make a certain promise as a way to say thank you for taking time to be on the podcast. And secondly, 
as a way to say I'd like to promote, the, continue to uh, support the band any way I can. Every band I've ever had has hit on this, and you, sir, are continuing on with this, but I have to make a slight variation to it to something you said earlier. So it's not an if, it is a when I get to see you perform live for the first time. I'm going to go all Liam Neeson and use my particular set of skills to look for you, to find you. And when I do, I know you don't drink, but whatever you want, first round's on me. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I drink uh, probably an unhealthy amount of like sugar-free Red Bulls. I might as well be drinking beer because it's probably healthier. But <laughs> hey, I, I, my brother's the same way right now. I once he he stopped drinking for a good amount, and all of a sudden we were at a concert, and he's like, "All right, got me a beer because it was a Gaelic Storm we were seeing." Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, what do you want?" He's like, "Sugar-free Red Bull." I'm, that was like his third that day. I was like, "This this might be a little unhealthy, but whatever." Yeah, it, it definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> and Mitch, now it's time for number three. And as I bring this podcast to a conclusion, I cannot end this by saying goodbye because that is way too final as I have a promise I have to keep making sure, get you that first Red Bull on me. Secondly, I do not want to be the only time I have you on the podcast. I would love to have you back on in the future because this conversation was awesome. We could keep going with it in the future. So Mitch, this is not goodbye. This is going to be, I'll see you later. Yeah, great, man. I'll be on anytime. Woo! Well, folks, this is my interview with Mitch the Band Sound Theory. Now it's time for Kevin's final thoughts. So where am I going with this? We're going to focus in on the merch side of things. So, yeah, when it comes to merch, the thing that really took me by surprise was Mitch saying that CDs were their biggest seller. Because you think about it, when it comes to the way people are consuming music, you know, streaming, digital, that is all the rage. That is not going away anytime soon. But when it comes to physical piece, people are buying vinyl more or less. Why are people buying vinyl more or less? One, the sound quality is perceived to be the best. Secondly, it is a nice piece of durable physical medium that you can have for quite a long time. Plus, those vinyl collections do look really nice, and the bigger vinyl you know, sleeves have that full feel to them. But when he said why those CDs are the most popular, it all rang true to me, and it all made sense. One, CDs are the cheapest to produce out of those mediums. Secondly, when people want to have something signed, it is the easiest thing for them to sell, to have a good amount of, to get to the people. And again, when you think about it, if you want something signed by a band, what do you want signed by a band? Do you want a mug signed by the band? No, not really, because you want to use that mug. Do you want a shirt sign of the band, maybe, but then as Mitch had said, you got a shirt sign, you don't want to wear them because you don't want those signatures to fade. You want a picture or you want like a postcard? Yeah, you get a picture of the band, so that does work, but the difference is, is it doesn't have like a full intrinsic value behind it. But if you have that album signed, if you have that CD signed, if you have that vinyl signed, it has much more of an intrinsic value and is much more prevalent because especially if it's something that you really care about and you can listen to it and you have a connection to that music, there's so much more of a prominent thing behind there i mean think about it if you your favorite football player your favorite baseball player your favorite basketball player your favorite soccer player or football player favorite hockey player say they sign like a piece of paper it's not as cool unless they sign you know a football if they sign your baseball glove they have a basketball sign or they have their sneaker sign if they sign their cleat if they sign their hockey stick literally that's the same thing with music. It's so much cooler to have the actual piece signed, and it makes so much more sense why people are going to go for it because if you're connected, you have that signed piece of art from the band, and it's easier to carry around, honestly. It makes a lot of sense, and while CDs might be going away in terms of, well, definitely going away and have pretty much gone away in terms of how people consume music, 
how Silent Theory uses it is really interesting, and it makes more sense why bands are having CDs available at the Mercyhand, because if you want to sign, again, it's the most important thing, but I think bands need to do a better job of showing that they are signed as well at certain times of the merch. Uh, I still remember seeing caskets in April of 2022, almost a year um, removed from this podcast, and they had signed CDs for sale, and they prominently displayed them, and those things went, and they were all gone by the end of the night. When it came to the signed vinyl, though, they had I think they had like two of them, and they were gone in an instant. So a lot easier to get those signed CDs. Tell I'll tell you that. So it was a cool piece, and now it makes more sense. So for other bands out there, when it comes to those like putting getting CDs for your merch table, if you kind of put it as a way to get people to get that signed memorabilia, it could work. It could work out. We've seen it work with Silent Theory. Again, that's up to you, but that's just some as a little bit of a takeaway that I wasn't necessarily thinking about. So when it comes to finding Silent Theory online, please go to the description of the podcast where it says find Silent Theory online. You can find links to all their socials where you can watch YouTube videos, where you can stream music, buy music, download music, buy some merch, and stay in touch with them and keep an eye on it. Yeah, keep an eye on it when those tour dates are going to be coming out. Make sure you also follow along with the Core Progression Podcast. You can go to the link description of the podcast. We're on Facebook, Twitter, kind of Twitter, and Instagram. No more TikTok, though. You can follow us on those pages, connect with us, talk with us. We do Instagram live streams every single Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Central. So go click on the link and go click follow. Also, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast, too. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you are listening on Spotify Podcast, I heard you, Amazon, or anywhere else, hit that subscribe button because you know who it helps out? It helps out us. You want you know, some of these crazy conversations, it's going to help get more of those crazy conversations. You want some bigger guests, it's going to help get those bigger guests. And again, I want to thank you for subscribing. Thank you for the time, you know, for listening and enjoying this podcast and watching it. So I really want to thank you for that. Thank you. Cause this is like my favorite thing to do and mosh pit. So thank you. Also, thank you Phoenix Fitness for sponsoring this podcast. Remember 20% off use code CPP20 at FX at the comment description of the podcast. Thank you, Mitch, once again. Now guys, go listen to some silent theory because on that note, that's going to be for today, guys. Thank you for watching listening to the Core Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one. of the big, healthy, and hearty. See y'all!